away with unhappiness. Thank you so much for coming on today's reading of Marilyn Carotter's You Can Be Happy Now. I pray that we find you in good spirits, that all is well, and it will be well. Working to have a positive attitude is is a lifelong, continuous regimen. And to study and to look forward into the things of God is a continual working. Remember our scripture in John 6, 27, work not for the food that satisfies, but the food that gives to eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Might as well get up early, go to sleep early, and and earn it and seek it. Diligence is up early a task, one of the uh, meanings of the word. So thank you very much. Now, you can be happy now. Marilyn Carotters, away with unhappiness. Neither a prince nor a princess derives any benefit from his or her exalted title if they are stranded in a country where their status is not recognized or honored. They are out of their realm. Christians, too, bear an exalted title, children of God, and they, too, often are given no honor by their fellow men, but their title is recognized in the heavenly realm, where both angels and evil spirits know that God is committed to caring for anyone who becomes a member of his family. But the spiritual realm also knows that God's children are required to believe him in order to receive his benefits. If God's children don't believe him, evil spirits can harass them whenever they permit doubts to overcome their faith in God. The Bible provides numerous illustrations of how God responds to those who trust him. Those examples make it abundantly clear that faith produces results. Scripture gives us God's promises that we have the right to be filled with joy. In John 15, 11 says, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Some Christians have said to me, I think it's wrong for you to, to say we should be filled with joy. Many good Christians have terrible problems. You must not understand how painful life can be. These Christians, unfortunately, have believed Satan's lies that problems have the power to destroy our happiness. In fact, God's plan is exactly the opposite. His plan compels our problems to work for our good. Did you hear that? God's plans compels our problems to work for our good. He can create ever-increasing joy in us. Problems can be used as the ingredients with which God helps us to produce faith. And faith in our loving Heavenly Father always brings joy. Earth is our training ground. Here we learn to trust God because of who He is, rather than just the good things He does for us. Hebrews 11.1 1 explains that faith is being sure of what we do not see. In heaven we see things clearly, but for now we see through a glass darkly. 
1 Corinthians 13, 12. With faith and persistence, we can learn to trust God to keep his promises, even when we see no immediate results. Once we believe him, he will release new joy in us. Now is our big opportunity, one we will not have in heaven. Today is our big opportunity, one that we will not have in heaven. So continue to praise God and thank God for a problem, even if it makes you cry, even if you get mad, even if you feel self-pity, even if you complain to God that you should be driving around in a Rolls Royce, you're a child of God. You continue to do it while the purification and purging process is taking place and you're doing it to become gold. There'll come a time when the problem does not hurt you at all. You are standing over the problem. The problem is subconsciously taken care of. It is a done deal. You have given it away to heaven. It doesn't bother you anymore. You have become a super goal person. And that's when the reward comes. That's when the answer comes. That's when the problem is alleviated, busted through, or done away with. This works, folks. I tried it. I just obey. Thank God for the problem and just praise Him and obey. He is that big and miraculous. Don't you understand? The higher the frequency of our praises will eliminate that negative, unwill, it's not the will of God situation. If if it doesn't have harmony in your life, it is sending you a low signal and you are not to tune in to that low signal. Stay on the high tune of praises and worshiping God. Amen. First thing in the morning you should get up is not dread that you have to read, but rejoice that you have to praise, that put on some praise music. Get your praise on. Fire up the music. Start stomping your feet. Go through all the songs you know, and then go get some help. I like Kenneth Hagin's worship, Kenneth Hagin's Rama worship. It takes me into the heavenlies. Amen. Here we go. Back to the book again. I was once a perfect illustration of one who translated personal problems into personal unhappiness. I did this for so many years that it seemed perfectly natural to me. And because Christians around me often were mirrored in unhappiness also, I felt normal. Normal? I may have been. But why be normal when God yearns for us to be victorious overcomers? Jesus certainly wasn't normal when he faced life. He always persevered and he prayed for us to have the kind of faith that receives joy from God. Joy from God regardless of our problems. We should pray then that we will be like the early believers. 2 Corinthians 6, 9, 10, the Living Bible says, The world ignores us, but we are known to God. We live close to death. But here we are, still very much alive. We have been injured, but kept from death. Our hearts ache, but at the same time, we have the joy of the Lord. We are poor, but we give rich spiritual gifts to others. 
We own nothing, and yet we enjoy everything. When was the last time you were aware of someone who, by fate, entered into unhappiness? Probably never. We want to escape unhappiness, not enter into it. If we want to escape from unhappiness, we must use our faith. Faith is the tool God gives us to rise above what we feel. Faith is our confidence that God is doing and will keep on doing what he knows is best for us. Faith causes joy to replace our sorrows. Away with unhappiness. Unhappiness is not a product of faith. Up with joy that delivers us out of the clutches of darkness. 1 Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen people, a people belonging to God, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Of what benefits is our title, children of God? If we choose to live as if we had no title and no victory in Christ, yes, we will be victorious in heaven, but God has called us to claim that victory now, today. Amen. Let's go ahead and say, I am victorious today. I am a child of God. I am loved by God. I am God's favorite. I am God's favorite. I can't hear you. I am God's favorite. Adamant to the point. I am God's favorite. Amen. Our next reading is a secret weapon. I read a book by a dog trainer who is the funniest book I ever read. Both Mary and I laughed so hilariously that sometimes we could barely read. I always wish I could write a book that would make people roll on the floor with laughter. But remembering that book has given me a new perspective on joy. The book was funny at that time, but no longer makes me laugh. I can't even remember what most of the funny stories were about. The book gave me laughter, but not joy. Laughter, but not joy. Laughter is good, and we most likely need more of it. But joy is something that stays with us longer after laughter has vanished. Joy from the Lord is like food that sticks to the ribs. It nourishes and stays with us when troubles and heartaches strike. Real joy is more like a secret weapon that lies hidden, waiting for the opportunity to strike and destroy the enemy who seeks to afflict us with sadness and tears. Did you hear that, people? That joy is a secret weapon waiting to strike the enemy when he wants to attack us with sadness and tears. Ha, ha, ha. Kenneth Hagin says that he liberally starts laughing, and Kenneth Copeland does the same thing. They laugh at the problems or at Satan. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. You know, there's a guy that I know, he's 85 years old, and you can't help loving the guy. You know, every time he starts to talk, he says, Make a note of that. 
make sure you put that in your paper, what I'm talking about. And then he laughs, and his laugh is contagious. And I have adopted that laugh. When I say little things around when I'm talking to people, I'll go ahead deliberately use that scenario of laughter and put a smile on my face. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Can you practice with me? Say, ha, 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 ha. Here's Fernando trying to be funny. Ha, 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 ha. Instead of reading the book and concentrating on what the author is saying, ha, 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 ha. He is going on these rabbit trails. Then he forgets what the rabbit trail was all about. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. All right. I'll get back to the book. Thank you. Again, laughter is good, and we most likely need more of it. But joy is something that stays with us long after laughter has vanished. Joy from the Lord is like food that sticks to the ribs. It nourishes and stays with us when troubles and heartache strike. Real joy is more like a secret weapon that lies hidden, waiting for the opportunity to strike and destroy. The enemy who seeks to afflict us with sadness and tears Joyful people don't necessarily laugh all the time, but they often laugh when others are in dismay. <laughs> Joy lifts us when the sky is depressingly black or the people around us are irritated. I want to help you acquire more joy. When you have finished reading this book, I want you to have joy that changes the way you respond to everything, triumphs and trials alike. In 2 Corinthians one twenty four, I want to be able to do something about your joy. I want to make you happy, not sad. The Living Bible, 2 Corinthians one twenty four. I want, Paul says, I want to be able to do something about your joy. I want to make you happy, not sad. Paul said to Christians who were Enduring terrible sufferings, always be joyful. First Thessalonians 5.16, the Living Bible. My suffering has been so much less than theirs that I dare not be sad. Woo! Amen. You know, the thought came to me that when I work hard, one of the unwinding movies that gave me a lot of joy and laughter was it's called The Gods Must Be Crazy with a little G, 1985, made in Africa. Animals and people and just, I guess it's an English movie. It's very joyful. That gave me a lot of, and the other movie that gave me a lot of joy was 19, 1776. 1776, patriotic movie. Actually, is a lot of joy in it. And it has a lot of singing in it. So those two movies gave me a lot of joy. There's another one, but it's hard to find. And it's black and white. I wish they would reproduce it. It's uh, 1937 called Laughter. Laughter. But that one indicates that, I'll just tell you what the, the main point of that movie is, is that laughter is a life-giving a skill, if you will. You know, to live is to laugh, to have great laughter. I heard this one lady in this 
a meaning say when you when you create laughter you're creating miracles miracles happen when you laugh you know and it's similar to speaking in tongues <laughs> you know the diaphragm goes off and the spirit of god is able to to say something to god and communicate it's a higher frequency if you will Amen. Okay, one more story, and we have enough. And this is a almost a three-pager, so this is going to be interesting. This next story is called Aching Feet. And yes, I hear you, somebody out there thinking that I'm going to interject something. I promise I'll try not to, okay? Here we go. Aching Feet. The author says, your body parts are engaged in a competition and they're talking to each other. Huh? As the years go by, listen, your head is trying to hurt worse than your back. Your shoulders are convinced that they hurt more than your head. Your hands are competing to see which one can be the clumsiest. Your knees try to see which one can make the most noise. Your heart may be saying, None of you guys can do anything without my help, and I'm really tired. Your feet are saying, listen, up there, I walked a million miles while all you do there is relax on top of me. Which will win, your body or the spirit that lives within you? Our attitudes toward our trials exert a profound influence on our quality of life. They determine whether we are joyful or discouraged. Some folks, having lost their legs, languish sadly behind closed doors, afraid of being seen as cripples. Yet others afflicted with the same handicap venture forth joyfully to compete in wheelchair races, basketball, hula hoops. One focused on the constraint imposed by his handicap, the other on what he can still do. Such is the power of attitude. Our bodies and spirits are constantly at war with each other, each seeking to control the quality of our days here on earth. It is important then to realize that it is our spirits that God uses to create joy in our hearts, not our bodies, and that Satan, the arch enemy of happiness, often exploits our physical afflictions to make us unhappy. Did you hear that? It is important then to realize that it is our spirits that God uses to create joy in our hearts, not our bodies. All my life, I had feet that ache wherever I am standing. When I was in the third grade, I remember times when I looked for a place to sit because my feet were hurting. When I was 14 and had a paper route, I avoided places and customers that required me to walk. And look instead for those to whom I could deliver by riding my bicycle. In 1943, I tried to enlist in the Air Force or, bearing that, the Navy. Anywhere but the ground-pounding march intensive army. Slogging through mud and laboring up steel, steep hills wasn't for me. Too much walking, too much stress in my tender feet. But... Of course, guess where the government put me? You're in the army now. 
And worthy the army assigned me to an infantry outfit infamous for his 10-mile force marches with full back and gear packs and all the extremes of weather. Talk about sore, wet, and blistered feet. But such rigorous were merely stateside training. Months later, in combat in Europe, we plodded across what seemed like a million miles of that ravaged continent. And when our boots began falling apart, we worried that the enemy could track us by following our bloody footprints. How Satan must have delighted in our discomfort and pearl. When I re-entered the army as a chaplain in 1953, I thought I had it made. No more ground pounding, I reassured myself. The war was behind me, and I was an officer. I looked forward to a comfortable desk job where my only hiking would be around an office or chapel. But such was not to be. My pleasant illusions were shattered when I was assigned to an airborne infantry unit. Lord, I groaned, not my will, but yours be done. But is this really what you want for me? It was. Airborne units, the elite of the army, prided themselves on their superior level of fitness and combat readiness. Their superior level of fitness, of course, entailed ground pounding, lots of it. Why me, Lord? I gross as I doffed my helmet and wiped away the sweat that ran down my face. These 25-mile hikes are too much. My backpack is cutting into my shoulders and my feet are killing me. Those grueling and all-too-frequent road marches, I must admit, did not instill joy within my heart. And I was not thankful to God for my afflictions. I wasn't happy, but Satan was. Then gradually, I felt God working within me. I began to learn an important lesson about praise. I began to see that God was able to take my problem and make it work for my good. Instead of groaning about my hurting feet, I learned to praise the Lord for them. Might as well. I concentrated on believing that He would use them to bless me. I concentrated. Now, every time my feet complain, I compel them to march to the tune of Mary had a little lamb. While I sing, God is working for my good. Each time I do this, I smile with delight, aware of what God is working in my spirit. This helped me to become increasingly glad for all of God's goodness to me. We are all subject to problems, let's face it, that attempt to control our thoughts. Unhappy thoughts can make us grumble and complain. But when we believe that God is always working for our good, He can use even pain to create happiness in our hearts. Amen. Thank you so much for coming on today's reading. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make His face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, smile and laugh with you and humor you and continue to giggle you and cause you to walk in happiness in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Be blessed, family. I love you. Mm-hmm.